the answer. Hallelujah. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? That, that's, that's your answer. And, and if you choose to not do something, you do it because that's where you believe you're at in your faith. And you don't look down on somebody else that's doing something that you don't agree with. Amen. And I'm talking in the particular area that we're, that we're talking about. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you'll get, in, you'll, get, you'll get in problems. So if the church is going to be the influence, we got to be wise as serpents and meek as doves. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Balance. So the church is the influence in the world. One of the meanings of influence is to lead or to direct. To lead or to direct. So the church is is to be leading. The church is supposed to be out in front. Amen. And, 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 and that's the thing that I, that I see. Well, I'm not going to get into it. Yes, I am. That, that's, that's the thing that I see so much with the church is we're so silent on issues because, because we don't want to frustrate anybody. How are we leading or directing if that's our mindset? Amen. Who's going to tell the truth? You, you, you can't just be in a carnal mindset and help people overcome. Amen. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus told Peter and the other apostles, He said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The, the gates of hell, the, the, the power of hell will not Prevail against the church. That word not in the, in, the, in the Greek, it's in the absolute negative sense. It means no, not, ever, never, cannot. The gates of hell cannot, never will, are not able to prevail, to come against strongly, to overwhelm, to overpower the church. That, that's the vehicle that we're a part of. We cannot be prevailed over by the gates of hell. It it won't happen. It will never happen. Amen. Now, I'm I'm saying this because this, this is what the view that God has of the church. This is what Jesus said about the church. And the way you hear some people talking about the church, it's like we're, 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 we're a non-entity, that we're an inert ingredient, that, that it doesn't... No, we are the salt and the light in the earth, and we cannot be overcome by the powers of the enemy. Amen. Amen. Philippians 2, 16 through 17, talks about us holding forth the Word of God, shining as lights in the darkness. Shining as lights in the darkness, holding forth the word of life, rejoicing in the day of Christ, shining as lights in the world. One translation says this, it says, in which you are seen shining like stars in a dark world. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the righteous will shine like the stars in the sky. Daniel chapter 30 says that the righteous will be strong and do exploits. That's God's mindset of the church. Oh, hallelujah. As the pulpit goes, so goes the nation. Hallelujah. Not not a theocracy. It's not a theocracy. It's a a God-honoring society. A God-honoring society. In, uh, let's go to Psalm 111. The fear of God is a subject that many in today's church stay away from. And uh, that, that's a problem. And I'll tell you why it's a problem. 
Because there's so much that benefits us there. And Psalm 111 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Notice what it says. It's the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 says the same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word beginning, it, of course, it means the first part or the chief part, the choice part. But it also can mean opening. So it means the fear of God, the fear of the Lord is the opening, the initial opening of wisdom. So for wisdom to be open to you, the very first thing that you have to have is the fear of God. The fear of the Lord. All right? Now, I've talk, I talked about this in our previous message. You can go online and watch it or, or, or ask for it. But the, very often, when, when people in the, in the modern church, when they talk about the fear of the Lord, they're very quick to say, now, 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 now. That just means respect or honor. Well, it does. It does have an idea of respect or honor, but it also means a fearful or a terrifying thing. You know, David made a statement. He said, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Yeah, but you know, David was under the old covenant. Yeah, but God hadn't changed. He's still God. He said in the book of Malachi, he said, he said if, if people talk about how the fear of God is just the honor of God, he said in the book of Malachi, if I'm a father, where's my honor? Now, this is important because this is the beginning, the chief part of wisdom. It's, it's where it opens up to us. That's where wisdom can begin to flow. Amen. If when you read the book of James, it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. It's right along in those same verses that he talks about resisting the devil and he'll flee from you. Where he talks about purifying your hands, cleansing your hearts, doing those things that show I have a respect and an honor for the things of God. Amen. Now, Proverbs chapter 1. And, uh, whew. he says some things here in Proverbs chapter 1. And uh, we'll start in verse 28. And he says, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They'll seek me early, but they will not find me. And then he says, here's why. For that they hated knowledge and did not, here's the word, choose the fear of the Lord. They didn't choose the fear of the Lord. One translation says, because they hated knowledge, they didn't choose to fear the Lord. The fear of God's a choice. I choose to walk in the fear of God. That's something that I choose to do. It's something that I make a choice to walk in. I choose to walk in reverence of God or the honor of God or respect for God. I care what God thinks. Amen. See, you, you can put that down on the basic level. If, if people can offend a person very easily, it's because that person doesn't care what God thinks. Amen. Why? Because God said, pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Amen. Now, if I care what God thinks, I, I endeavor to do that. I, 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 I hear ministers and, and Christians on TV just at 
what I was talking about earlier, just pointing fingers at people and calling them uh, Antifa supporters and fascists and, and, and COVID-caving COVID -caving pastors and all these things. And I think the Bible says, brother, that when you're pointing your finger at your brother and judging them and criticizing them, the Bible says, how does the love of God dwell in you? We're not talking about sin in those areas. It's, it's not a sin to wear a mask or get a vaccination or to believe that you need to stay six feet from me. If that's what you believe, I respect your, 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 I respect your right to do that and I respect your conviction. That's not a sin. Amen. Where's the fear of God if you can just so easily criticize somebody that is your brother? You see what I'm saying? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I, I, I've got to choose to walk in the fear of God. It has to matter to me what God thinks. When, when I was raising my kids, and I'm still raising one. Matter of fact, we'll have training children in trouble times part three today. And everybody that comes, sit right here. I don't want to... Anyway, here's the point. I, I always wanted to raise them to care what I thought. Because if you raise a child to care what you think as their parent, they're going to be a lot less hesitant to get involved in things they shouldn't get involved in. Because they care what you think. Amen. That they care what dad thinks. It matters to them whether or not I am in agreement with what they're doing. Hallelujah. If you raise a child, see, this is not what the fear of God is. If you raise a child like this, listen, don't ever let me catch you doing that. I'll whoop you. Well, that's fear. But it's not respect. Amen. Respect says I'm not going to do that because I care what my dad thinks. Fear says I'm not going to do that because I'll get a whipping. But as soon as I'm out of your house and you can't whoop me no more, I'm going to do it. Right. I told a guy one time, he was just so hard on his son, so hard on him, so hard on him. And, and always threatening him. And one day I grabbed him up, and nicely, but I said, you know, one of these days that boy's going to get big enough you can't whoop him. Right. And, if he, if, and if you don't have respect, you're not going to have anything. Amen. You won't have a relationship. You, you see this? I want them to choose right because they care what I think. God gave us His thoughts in the Word so we would know how He thought about things. And then He says, I want you to choose to do this because you respect Me. Amen. That's why when you look at, in the Bible, you will not find one use of hell as a threat. Amen. It's referred to as a fact. There is a hell. And if you choose to live your life a certain way, that's where you end up. It's just, it's stated as a fact. All ungodly will have their place in hell. That's what the scripture says. But it's never used as a threat. Nowhere in the scripture does God say, you better do right or else. You better turn or burn. Right? It's just as a fact. Do, do, do you see that? That's why he said in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, what did he say? He said, I have set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Hey, hint, choose life. I want to help you with this. I, I want you to respect me and understand that if you honor me and do what I'm telling you, the result will be life. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, we're not going to talk about it today, that one of the treasures of the fear of God is long life. That's why the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, remember it's chapter 6, it talks about children doing what? 
honoring your parents. And what's the result? Your days will be long upon the earth. And what else? It'll be well with you. So I want my children to honor me so things will go good for them. And they'll live long on the earth. This is so important. But notice what it, where, where it's at. Not be afraid of your parents. Honor them. God doesn't want you afraid of Him. He wants your honor and your respect because it opens wisdom up to you. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I have to choose to honor God with my life and my choices. I have to choose to honor God. Hallelujah. I have to choose to do that. Is, is this God honoring in what I'm doing? Is this choice that I'm going, the way I'm going to respond here, does that honor God? Is that going to bring honor to God? I have to choose to honor God with my thoughts. Not, 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 not just in, in clean or dirty thoughts, but thoughts about my brother, thoughts about my sister, thoughts about my pastor. If you think dishonorable thoughts, you're dishonorable. You know, we used to be around people that spelled their cuss words. You ever been around somebody like that? Well, you know, I was talking to that person, and you know just out of their mouth came this, and they'd spell the cuss word. And my mother would finally look at them going, if you're going to spell it, you might as well say it. <laughs> just because you spell it, you still said it. Right. Well, I just told him he could go to H-E-double-L. Well, you know what you just said? That he could go to hell. Yeah, but I spelled it. But you said it. Whether you pronounce every word or not. Amen. I got to care what God thinks. My thoughts. Amen. Say it, say it out loud. I've got to care what God thinks in my thoughts. These people, Proverbs 1, these people got into trouble and called on God. But there was no answer. Mm. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, we live under grace. We live under the New Testament. It's different for us. No, it's not. The book of James says you ask and you don't receive. Now, why did the book of James say they ask and they didn't receive? Because they weren't honoring God in what they were doing. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. You ask to desire because you want to consume it upon your own lust. You ask, but there's wars and fightings among you. There's all this dissension that's going on among you. And you wonder why God's not answering you. Because in the church, in that church that James was writing to, there was no honor for the things of God. You're asking... But you're not receiving because you're not walking in, in honor for the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. And notice what it says. It says, Proverbs 1-7, because they rejected knowledge. They rejected knowledge. And Proverbs 1-7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, now think about that. If, let's, let's read it. I want you to think I'm, I'm faking you out. <laughs> Amen. Verse uh, 22, he says, How long, simple ones, will you love simplicity and scorners delight in their scorning? And fools hate knowledge. Verse 29, they hated knowledge. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If they rejected knowledge and they hated knowledge, what else did they reject and dislike? The fear of God. Right. Amen. See, the fear of God is not legalism. It's freedom. Legalism is fear that you can do something to make God dislike you because you don't hold to a set of rules. 
The fear of God, living in respect for God and God's way, is freedom. Amen. Do, do, do you hear me? It, it, it doesn't matter how, what, what, what length your hair is, whether you wear pants or don't wear pants, whether you wear makeup or don't wear makeup, uh, rather, right? The, listen, the church I was raised in, you could not be a man and the hair touch your collar. You were not allowed to have hair long enough to touch your collar. I would fit in. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, but if you're a woman, you couldn't cut your hair. Couldn't wear makeup. Couldn't shave your legs. <laughs> now, that's not a big thing for us guys. But does any man in here want to get in bed with a woman got hair, as much hair on her legs as you do? No! Now here was their mindset. That shows how much I honor God. That shows how much I love God. No, that was somebody's legalistic viewpoint to keep people under their thumb. He said here, he said that because you rejected knowledge, because you would not Take the knowledge. You didn't choose the fear of God. There was no answer. When a person doesn't choose the fear of God, they automatically reject knowledge. When I don't choose to honor God and respect God as a believer, I automatically refuse knowledge. Because it's not coming. Because wisdom and knowledge, the fear of God is the opening to me. See, I learned a long time ago, when I see something in the Word, it's not ever to my advantage to try to get around it. Amen. For instance, when, when, when you're reading the Scripture and it says, uh, it says uh, uh, you know, don't lie. Well, there's not a caveat there that says, unless the situation demands it. What's it say? Don't lie. So as believers, what do we never do? Oh, that was weak. As believers, what do we never do? Now why? People will say, people say, because it's a sin. Wrong reason. Wrong reason. Because you honor God. When you approach things from that standpoint, sin will cease to be a problem for you. Because there are people you know and I know that have tried to quit doing things because they were sin, and they're still doing them. Amen. Because you will never quit something just because it's a sin. You never see sin right until you see it as against God. Amen. When you see it as against God, you'll stop. If you care about what God thinks. Oh, hallelujah. Am I helping anybody? You know, there are people that will keep doing things as long as they think they won't get caught. Amen. Be, be, right? But, but, but if, 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 if they get caught, and it, then they see how what they did affected the other person, it affects the way they think about it. Amen. Many will say, well, God understands. You know, He knows we're just human. That's what He said in His Word. He remembers that we're but dust. Yes, He does. Buzz remembers that joke. Anybody else know that joke? No? A little girl came home from church one day. She came to her mommy and she said, Mommy, she said, yes, dear. She said, what is butt dust? Now, my wife told this joke, so you don't like it, blame her. And she said, I don't understand, honey. What, what do you mean? She said, oh, well, we were in church today, and the preacher said we were butt dust. So 
God does remember that we're just human. But He expects us to walk in the fear of God. He would not have told me to choose it if I was not able to choose it. I can choose to fear God. Amen. You know, I, it's, in, 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 in my years in the ministry, I've seen things before. And, and I've been around long enough to, to have some experiences. I remember some years ago, uh, uh, we had just uh, uh, started the ministry. It, this would have been 99, uh, the, the, the beginning of 2000. And uh, uh, man, there were churches springing up all over Kansas City. I mean, uh, uh, I, if, if I said the name, you might know some of them. I'm not going to say the name. But I mean, there, there were churches in Kansas City. There were churches in Grandview. There were churches, I mean, Lawrence, everywhere. Churches just popping up. And I mean, you know, they were happening churches. They were cool churches. I mean, with cool names, you know. Hallelujah. Cool names. And at that time, I had a church called Full Gospel Tabernacle. I wasn't cool. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out with guys with cool names. You know, they've had people research and, and, and cool names. And I went to a meeting with them, and, man, they all made fun of me. You know, the, your, your church sounds like it's from the 60s. Well, there wasn't, it, it was. <laughs> and there wasn't anything I could do about it. Not at that time. As soon as, soon as, soon as I could, we changed it. And, and I'm not against the name. I mean, I my dad pastored a lot of churches called Full Gospel Tabernacle. Amen. I saw people healed and saved and delivered under the name Full Gospel Tabernacle. We just did. And I, I just sat there, you know, okay. You know none of those guys are in the ministry today? Amen. One of them lost everything. Got in all kind of trouble legally. Some of them went through a divorce. Some of them are dead. And we're still here. Because what God has asked me to do means something to me. I have too much respect for God to take lightly what He's asked me to do. If what you're doing for God, if you can take it or leave it, you don't have any respect for Him. If it don't matter to you whether you're doing it or not, somewhere there's no fear of God. Because what God wants you to do in your life has to be the single most important thing that you have on your agenda. God is not third down the list on your daytimer. Amen. And when people make plans, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and it doesn't matter what it does to what they're doing for God, there's, there's no reverence for God. There's no respect for the things of God there. Amen. And I've not, I've not been 100% perfect. I've, I've made mistakes. But I've always come from the standpoint, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And, and your call on my life, what you want me to do, is the most important thing that I could ever do in my life. Amen. Amen. And, that's, and that's why, you know, I was talking to Jeremy yesterday. I didn't get to talk to Sarah so much. She was in hiding. But, hallelujah. And Jeremy's glad she was. Hallelujah. We, we were waiting to go do the ceremony, and people were talking about, uh, you know, wonder if somebody's going to cry. And I just said, we're all going to cry. Everybody is going to cry. Just get ready. Right. And Jeremy was doing real good. I was watching him. He was standing there. He was... <laughs> and then I got to a certain part of the ceremony. He's like, <laughs> Amen. Of course, me and Crystal almost lost the ring. Me, I almost lost the ring. We, we, we were going through that, and the coordinator was saying, you know, uh, 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 let him take the rings out of your... That's right, she just had to hold them. And, uh, and, and, and she said, because we're going to be on the grass, and the last thing you want to do is drop the ring. 
So I fumbled the exchange, okay? But I have an excuse. Anyway, but we found it. I found it. I'm glad I found it. I'm thinking, all those thoughts are running through your mind. I did this. I dropped this ring. Let me bend over. I hope my pants don't rip. Hallelujah. Anyway, we found it. I don't know why I was there. Where was I? Talking about them, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I was talking with Jeremy, and I said something. And I'm not just talking all their business, but I said, you did this right. Yes. Amen. You did this right. You waited for the person God chose. Amen. If, if you're believing God for a mate, for a spouse, don't just go choose somebody you like. Amen. Oh, they're handsome or they're pretty. That means nothing. Is it who God wants for you? Fear God enough to marry the person God wants you to spend the rest of your life with. Because he says that marriage is like the picture of the body of Christ. And he said, I don't want my body just joining itself with anybody. God doesn't want you just joining yourself with a man or joining yourself with a woman. He's got somebody for you that's exactly perfect for you. Fear God enough, respect God enough to wait on that person. Amen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to make my own decision. Listen, God created every woman and every man on this planet. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows what you like. He knows what you desire. And He can bring somebody that matches all those criteria if you'll just wait on Him. Fear God enough to put the second most important decision in your life into His hands and trust Him to do the right thing. Mm, hallelujah. That's good stuff. That was worth coming to church. If I respect and I honor God, I don't treat disobedience to God's word and what he thinks lightly. It's not a light thing. Where I go, what I watch, who I'm involved with. Amen. Amen. The, the people you're around, their character matters. Amen. When someone I trust becomes intimate with somebody I distrust, it changes my opinion of them. Amen. I got, I got, the Bible says evil companionship corrupts good manners. Paul, Paul said, do not be partakers of the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Isn't that, isn't that what it said? Well, 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 why is that? I fear God. I, I, I care about what God thinks. That don't mean I'm on an island and I never talk to sinners and, I, and I, never have, I don't have sinner friends. Well, that's ridiculous. He said, don't be a partaker of what they're being a partaker of. There's something in the church that has just gone wrong in that we think we can expose ourselves to the same thing the world exposes themselves to, and because we're a Christian, it won't affect us the way it affects them. It will. You can't watch the same thing, listen to the same thing, be in the same places, and expect the same thing not to happen to you. You can't watch fear and not be afraid. You can't watch lust and not lust. You can't watch garbage and not get garbage on you. There are things that believers have no business doing. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, I want to know how to work my faith. I'm giving you a number one way to cause your faith to always work. Honor God. If you don't honor God, God's faith doesn't work for you. You are never, you are never ever going to try to skirt the edge of the fear of God, and then jump up and quote God's word and expect it to work for you. Amen. Won't work. Amen. Well, you know, I know they used a lot of language in that movie, but you know, I don't talk that way. Who, that, that's not the issue. 
If I respect you, am I going to listen to somebody badmouth you? So how can someone say they respect God and then go watch a movie that damns him every other word? You can't. You're not going to tell me you respect your wife calling her your old lady. Because I'm going to call you a liar. You don't respect your wife talking about her that way. Amen. Or, or talking disrespectfully about your husband and then tell me how much you love him and care for him. No, you don't. Your words betray you. Oh, glory. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 173. I better move on. My wife says she loves it when I preach mes- teach messages like this. So... You say, what's that mean? That means, I don't care what y'all think. <laughs> I know you love it too. Verse 173, Psalm 119, verse 173. Let your hand help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I can always expect help when I choose to walk in the fear of God. Let your hand help me because I've chosen your precepts. Precepts is your way, your way of doing things. I've chosen your way. Amen. You know, when the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now now notice, notice it tells us how to love and how that love is exhibited. By giving ourselves. You want help? Give yourself for your wife. See, it's, it's not just a, fe- a male, female, husband, wife issue. It's an issue of what do you think about what God told you. When you respond to your wife a certain way, is that you loving her like Christ loves the church? Was that the proper way to respond? When it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, Amen. See, I'm doing this out of the fear of God. And what can I expect? Help. R- remember what Peter said? He said, he said talking, to, talking to husbands. People say husbands and wives. He wasn't talking to husbands and wives. He was talking to husbands. And he talked to husbands. He said, give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And then not changing the context. No change in punctuation. And he said, and don't let the sun go down on your wrath, husbands, so that your prayers, husbands, aren't hindered. Now I'm just saying the perfect context is husbands. Amen. So if a husband, a Christian husband, goes to bed mad at his wife, she don't care anything about me, who she thinks she is, you have no fear of God. Because God told you not to do that. If I'm not honoring my wife as the weaker vessel, and I know there are women, I don't want to be honored as the weaker vessel, then you don't fear God. You and your liberal woman live ideas. God gave you a man to care for you. And to take care of you. Put down your hurts, your pains, and your fears and let Him do it. And in the process, fear God. And your life will be a lot better. Your marriage will be a lot better. And your finances will improve. Glory. Amen. When when somebody says, "Well, well, I don't care what he thinks. I don't care if he is my husband. I've had women say, I don't care if he is the head of this house. Do you know what's encapsulated in those three words, I don't care? I don't care what you think. It doesn't make any difference to me what you think. I know the Bible says, but I don't care. The way he treated me, the way she treated me. 
That's a marriage with no respect for God. Because this is what the Word plainly says, but I don't care. They hurt me. Well, if He'd done you the way He did me, He will never do me the way He did you because I'll never be married to Him. But if He did do me the way He did you, it doesn't change what the Word says. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14, 26. Notice what it says. This is, this is good. Proverbs 14, 26. Notice it says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and His children shall have a place of refuge. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Confidence is included in the fear of God. Having confidence. Where there's no fear of God, there's no confidence in God. If you don't respect a person, you have no confidence in them. And people will say, well, I love God. If you love God, you'll walk in the the fear of God. Respect is born of love. It's not the other way around. You don't respect your way into love. Respect is born of love. If you respect somebody, you love them. If you love somebody, you respect them. I've heard people say before, I've counseled marriages before, and they'd say, well, I love him, I just don't like him. That's impossible. It's impossible. That's a worldly statement. If you love somebody, you respect them. And I've had people on the verge of breaking up say, well, I respect him, I just don't love him. It's impossible. It's impossible. Well, you know, he's a good dad, but... No, there's no but. Well, you know, she's, I mean, she's a good mother. She's, you know, she, you know, blah, 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 blah. But no, there's no, there's no but. What did God say? Well, should I tell you? He said, he said when we get married, we're no longer two, we're one. And, and the Bible says that when I do something that hurts the other one, I'm hurting myself. Because God doesn't see us as separate. If you fear God, you don't see yourselves as separate. You see yourselves as one. And what affects me affects her. And what affects him affects me. And as a husband, I can't watch things and and involve myself in things that are going to cause me to look at the wife that God gave me in a different way or in an inferior way. The wife God gave you is the best woman God had for you. There is no better. Nobody could ever meet your needs. Nobody could ever bless you more. I mean, nobody could ever take care of you the way the woman God gave you can. And vice versa for the man. Amen. And, and, and when I'm walking in that, I have strong confidence. I've went to the Lord before and used that as my confidence. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I'm walking in, in peace with my wife. I thank you that I'm, I'm walking in oneness with my wife and my family. Lord, I'm leading my family right. Just like you said about a- Abraham. You said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him because I know he'll lead his family right. Amen. Let me hurry. Where there's no fear of God, there's no confidence in God. I can't stand confidently in God's presence without choosing to walk in the fear of God. First John 5, 14 and 15 of course, it's very familiar verses. It talks about us praying. And it says this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And then it says, and if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Now, that's in the Bible, and that's right. But go back to the first part of that chapter and see who that was written to. People that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and also people who are keeping His commandments. See, we don't like that today. Not you, but people, people in the church. Well, you know, don't bring up the commandments. I don't have to keep the commandments. Well, yes, you do. You're not allowed to lie. I got a lot of married folks in here. How many of you all are okay if your husband or wife came in and said, you know that commandment about adultery, we don't have to keep that. 
there'd be a lot of murder commandments broken. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> well, what happened here? I, I found him. I... Now, I, know, I, know, I know that's humorous, but think about that. Well, but you know, the Big Ten, we don't have to keep them. Yeah, but Jesus said there was one that if you walk in it, you fulfill all of them. And it was called loving your brother as you love yourself. Is that right? Hallelujah. Colossians 3.22. Paul is writing to uh, slaves, servants. And he says, servants, obey in all things your masters. According to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. Now, I want you to see this. One translation says, don't work simply when their eye is on you, like those who court human favor, but serve them with a single heart out of reverence for your Lord and Master. I've had people say, well, there's not much about the fear of God in the New Testament. Well, right there it is. And he's saying, servants, when you do your job, do it like you're working for the Lord because you honor God. How many raises would come your way if you worked on your job like you were working for God? Like it was God's job that you were doing. Well, I'll tell you what, the way they treat me, this is about all they're going to get out of me. That's no fear of God. In light of the scripture we just read, that means I don't reverence God. Hmm. I remember one time there's a, there's a car wash I like to go to. Just, I, I enjoy it. And I was detailing my car. And I got to know the guy there. And uh, he's not there anymore. I think, he, I think he re-retired. I think you can do that. And uh, in any event, he came to me one day. And, and, uh, and it was hot. And, you know, I was detailing my car under the shade. And, and I don't hurry when I do that because I enjoy it. And so we were talking. And, and I called his name. I said, you're working hard? And he goes, no, they don't pay me enough to work hard. Well, I like the guy, but it showed me his attitude. You know, that's not supposed to be your attitude. When you go and you clock in on your job, you're supposed to clock in like you're working for God. You know what the scripture just said? How many people in, in here, you've watched people on your job. You know, I'm, I'm assuming because you go to faith builders and you hear the word, you work hard all the time. But how many people do you know, and you've seen it, that they'll just kind of, they'll kind of mail it in till the boss shows up. I used to work with a guy, I used to work at a place called Mark III Van Conversions. And uh, one time there was the biggest van conversion company in the world. And uh, he and I worked, we made the, the, the inside roofs for these conversion vans. This was back when conversion vans were just coming out. And uh, we had to wear safety goggles. Well, I mean, you're, you're using nail guns and staple guns. I mean, you know, eventually some idiot's going to shoot something at you, you know. And it's all fun and games so somebody loses an eye. Well, this guy, he would not, think about this. He gets glasses with no lenses. Because most of the time, the, the supervisors were up in the office up top, and they didn't always come around. And he always had time to switch. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, and I don't even have a full revelation of this at that time in my life, and I'm thinking, this guy would rather work all day with no lenses in his glasses and have to hustle and find the ones that do have lenses if the boss comes on the floor. Do you know he was one of the first ones that would complain if he didn't get a raise or if things didn't go his way and he didn't care about the rules? He had no respect for anybody. See what I'm saying? And he says, when you go to your job, don't work like the world that's just courting favor. You work like Jesus is your supervisor. Amen. And he said, you do it in the fear of God. 
Now, that'll make you clean your tools up a little better. That'll make you keep your company truck clean. Ah, what I, I need to clean that. That's a company truck. <laughs> it's Jesus' truck. What if Jesus was inspecting your job? Now people say, Pastor, you know, that, that's, that's a little out there, isn't it? That's what the scripture says. And he's not talking to somebody that have a choice. He's talking to people that were slaves. Follow me? And he said, you servants, obey your masters like it's Jesus. Mm, hallelujah. That's something we choose to do. I, I want to be an excellent employee because I care about what God thinks. 1 Corinthians 6.12. I'm hurrying because I want to get somewhere. Notice what Paul says. He says in 1 Corinthians 6.12, he says, all things are lawful to me. But all things are not expedient. In other words, he's saying, I can do anything I want. All things are lawful to me. All things are not expedient to me. All things are lawful to me, but I won't be brought under the power of any. In other words, I can do anything I want. Now, hang on. You've got to choose to fear God. I can do anything I want. I have to choose to fear God. But he says, it doesn't mean that all the things that I could do are right for me to do. Just because you can do it doesn't mean it's right. You might could whip a skunk, but you probably don't want to. Right? Amen. Look at verse 19 of the same chapter. He, Paul tells us, what? Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you? Which you have of God? And you're not your own? Oh, hang on right there for a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not my own? Is that what it says? I'm not my own? So I can't just do whatever I want. Yeah, but, you know, we're under grace, and we're not under law, and, and you know, we're free. Yeah, we're free. We, we are free. Paul said, I can do whatever I want. But he said, that doesn't mean it's right. What's that mean? It means this. It doesn't mean you won't pay for the sin that you choose to do. It means God will let you do it. But it doesn't mean it's right. And then he says, he says, he talking about uh, uh, them joining themselves to the world. He said, don't you know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost that's in you and you are not your own? So if I don't belong to me, if I'm not my own, who do I consult before I make a decision with me? The owner. The owner. Hallelujah. You know, if you live in a rental house, you can't, you can't just do whatever you want. I don't like that tree there. I'm going to dig it up and move it. You can't. It's not your house. It's not your tree. It's not your yard. That's why in, in, the, in the lease agreement, it says you'll keep the yard mowed. And you'll, right? If there's a maintenance issue, what are you going to do? Call the owner. Is that right? Why? Because who owns the house? Are you living in it? But who owns it? You're living in this house, but somebody owns it. I can't do with this house just whatever I want. That's why the Bible says, the man that defiles the temple of God, him God will correct. Amen. You can't just take your body and do whatever you want to do with it. Paul said you just can't take your body and join it to a harlot. Because you become one. Amen. Let me move away from that. Whew. One translation says, you've been bought and paid for. Another says, a great price was paid to ransom you. Amen. 
Paul is saying, in light of the price that was paid for you, honor God in your body. There are situations that I will not place any member of my body in just because I walk in the fear of God. I'm not going to take my eyes and place it in a situation that, 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 that defiles or compromises my, my covenant with my wife just because I can. Where there's no fear of God, there's no boundaries. When you know you could do something and not get caught, the fear of God is your boundary. Amen. Well, nobody will ever know. The fear of God's your boundary. I used to know a believer all the time, and he would make statements like this, and, and I don't know why he would make them, but he would say, you know, I, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I, I could commit a murder and not tell, and nobody would ever know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm not going to go to your house. <laughs> hey, come help me dig this hole. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Need some help landscaping my yard. Not with me, you don't. <laughs> Wasn't Billy at your house the other day? Where is he? I don't know. I mean. <laughs> but here's my point. When you're walking in the fear of God, those things never cross your mind. Doesn't cross your mind to ever live without the person you're married to. Doesn't cross your mind to ever get involved in some relationship that isn't going to honor God. And if it does cross your mind, you get rid of it because it dishonors God. Amen. Some will say, well, you know, I love God. He knows I love Him. If you love God, you'll respect Him. I've had people living in sin tell me, well, you know I love God. No, you don't. Your life says different. Thank you, Karen. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen, I've been there. I've been in the bar with people two, fa- two, three sheets to the wind talking about how they love God. No, you don't. You and your redneck white shirt and white socks and blue ribbon beer, you don't love God. I, 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 there was a guy one time so drunk he couldn't drive. I don't know who was dumber, him for driving or me for riding with him. <laughs> and we're driving down the road, and he's so drunk he's got to put one hand over his eyes so there's not two roads. <laughs> and he's talking about, we're in the end times, all this that we're seeing, it's tribulations coming. And he's like, we're all going to go to hell. Well, watch the road. I want to go to hell now. Right? Well, he knew a part of the truth. I knew a part of the truth, but neither one of us were respecting God. Amen. Amen. Now, here's where I want to get to. Acts 5. Acts 5, verse 3. Now, this is, this is the story of Ananias and fire. I'm going to get through this as quick as I can. Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to the light of the Holy Ghost? And to keep back part of the price of the land. Now stop right there and let me, let's, let's go back to that, please. And let's, let's examine this. Wait a minute. Look at this. Why has Satan filled your heart? Satan could not have filled their heart without their consent. Amen. And notice who Peter said you lied to. Holy Ghost. Who were they talking to? Peter. Who'd Peter say they lied to? So that means when you're talking to people full of the Holy Ghost, you're not just talking to people. That's not just your pastor or your bishop or your whatever. When I'm talking to Jamie, he's full of the Holy Ghost. I'm not just talking to Jamie. If Jamie asked me something and I lie, I didn't just lie to Jamie. I lied to the Holy Ghost in Jamie. And if I'm not careful, the Holy Ghost in Jamie will let him know I lied. Because God will protect him from my lie. 
So Ananias walked in there with no fear of God. They decided at home, we're not going to fear God. Well, who was the author of that? Who prompted them to do that? He said Satan. So where is a disrespect for God and a disrespect for the things of God? Where does it come from? The devil. And you don't want anything to do with the devil. You don't even want to be in the devil's neighborhood. You don't want to be in his zip code. Amen. Now, 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 now look at verse 9. And, and, and an ice, or Sapphira came in. And uh, her name means beautiful. She was very, evidently a very pretty woman. Peter said to her, remember he asked, now, now, now think about this. Think about the goodness of God. He asked first, did you sell the land for so much? In the verse previous to this, did you sell the, the land for so much? Now, what is that? Opportunity to repent. Is that right? She said, yep, for so much. How is it you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Is that what he said? What if she said, you know what? Actually, we sold it for this. We just didn't want to give all the money to the church. Well, they wouldn't have come in and found her dead. Why? Repentance is always the way out. Amen. In, in, the, in this series, I don't know how long it's going to be, but in this series, if you see areas and you think, I could honor God more there, just repent. You don't have to come up front. Nobody even has to know. Sitting there in your chair, you can say, Father, I see that. I repent. I repent over that in Jesus' name. And, 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 it, and then it's done. But, but notice this. This is in the New Testament. This is in the genesis of the church. And I've heard pastors and preachers try to whitewash this and sugarcoat it and play it down that God didn't do that. Then who did? Whose judgment was this? That brought great respect and fear to the church. Well, the devil killed him. Why would the devil kill him doing his job? Well, he's a thief. He's a murderer. That's, that's what he does. They didn't, it doesn't say they lied to the devil. This is judgment. You don't lie to the Holy Ghost. You don't take the fear of God lightly. You don't sit in church with ought against your brother and act like you don't have it. Amen. And then want to come up in the healing line and get healed. Right. It's the same thing. Well, did God kill them? Who killed them? Their lie killed them. If they would have never lied, it would have never happened. They walked in the church with no fear of God. And Peter asked a question, a question that only required a truthful answer. Did you sell the land for so much? That should have thrown off all kinds of alarms. Why is he asking this question? If I came up to you and said, I know what your problem is, you want to know? There's only one answer. Yes or no? Right? All they had to say was, nope, 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 nope. We didn't. This is not what we sold it for, but this is what we feel like we should give. Okay, no big deal. But when you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, now wait a minute. Do you see that? Now, in the, in the New Testament church, we don't like this. Because we've had such a lopsided treatment that God understands. And I've heard preachers try to explain this away. That they weren't believers and they weren't saved. That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Who'd they lie to? Amen. Proverbs 19.23, last verse right here. 
I want to leave you with this. When, listen, when a person has no fear of God, they open up their lives to judgment. Proverbs 19, 23. Notice what it says. The fear of the Lord tends to life. And he that hath it, what is it? The fear of the Lord shall abide what? Satisfied. Notice, they will not be visited with evil. There's benefits to the fear of God. What is it? I will tend towards life. I, I, will, I will be bent towards life. I will be satisfied and evil will not visit me. Isn't that great? Amen. Hallelujah. As we're closing today, as we're wrapping up today, I just want, I want you to search your heart. Those of you watching online, I want you to search your heart. The, the job of the church, the job of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ he said over and over again, with all the things that are happening in the world, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, he said, when you see all these things coming on the world, he said no, two things. He said, don't be deceived, and he said, you be watching. If you're watching online, you see things, you see areas in your life, you say, there's issues that I need to change. I need to consecrate these things to God. This is what I need to do. Maybe you're watching, you're not born again. You're here, you're not born again. There's things you need to consecrate. That's between you and God. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But if it's come into your heart and come into your mind, something has to be done. Something has to make a change. You have to make a change so that that thing no longer comes up in your life. And the way you make that change and the way you make that difference is I choose today that I'm going to honor God in this area. Amen. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I don't know who you are and what you may be dealing with. But here's the issue. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to acknowledge it in any other way. But you just need to, you just need to make this decision. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you have brought this to my attention, it's something that I need to deal with. And I choose to deal with it today in the name of Jesus. I repent over this thing that I've been allowing me, that, that's, that I have been allowing to move me out of the fear of God. And I won't do it in the name of Jesus. From this day, I won't do it anymore. Whatever it is, if it's a mindset, if it's a thought process, whatever it is, right there in your chair, right there where you're at, just repent over it. Just get it right with God right now. If you're watching online, stop where you're at right now. Stop where you're at right now. Don't be distracted. Don't go get another cup of coffee. Don't do anything else. You stop right where you're at and you make the decision this morning that you are going to live for God 100% and you're going to move that out of your life, and you're going to walk in the respect of God. Just repent and get it done. Because you will abide satisfied, and you'll not be visited with evil. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up today, shall we? Praise the Lord.